Welcome to episode 8 of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I'm your host, Drew Horton, and let's jump into it. Lots of great father-son duos have played in the NBA, but how many have gotten onto the podcast? Not very many, but proud today, I'm here with my first guest on the What It Do podcast, greatest dad in the world, Ross Horton. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be on the What It Do. So... First question that I ask ask everybody who comes on, or should I say I'm going to ask everyone that comes on, how long have you been a Raptors fan? Since day one, I was in Toronto when the franchise started. And at the time I was running home shows and we had a, a show at the convention center in, uh, in downtown Toronto. I was trying to get players to come to the, uh, to the, to the show, but there was just so much demand that we couldn't get anybody. We had a little display there with some of the gear, uh, but we didn't actually get any of the, yeah, the guys to come to the, to, to the show, which was too bad. Oh, no, that would have been cool. I can only imagine what it would have been like at the creation, the inauguration of the Toronto Raptors. It's funny how the name of the Raptors seems like it was directly inspired from Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly the way it felt, no doubt about it. So, you've been a Raptors fan since day one. What's your all-time favorite Toronto Raptors moment? Well, I think Vince winning the slam dunk competition really kind of put us on the map. And that was the first really big, we're playing at the at the high level kind of moment with the Raptors, but nothing can compare to the championship. Winning the, uh, the, the championship is just, uh, until we win another one, nothing will ever compare. And even then, there'll probably be nothing like uh, winning that first one. Oh, I, I definitely... I definitely agree. The feeling of winning that championship. Uh, I was living in Toronto at the time, still am. And immediately after the game was over, everyone mobbed the streets. And what usually was a 10 minute walk from me home from my buddy's place took me over an hour to get through everyone. Traffic was completely stopped. Everybody was cheering. I got sprayed with champagne a couple of times. People were climbing all over the buildings. It was just an insane feeling. And I'm hoping that while I'm still living here, we'll get to do that again. Yeah, it would certainly be nice. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but uh, have faith. It'll come again. Yeah, this year, not looking quite as good as the Raptors championship season. They're currently uh, 17 and 19 going into the All-Star break. Good for eighth place in the East. Lost our last two coming in partially due to the fact that we had three or four key players out due to COVID protocols. Hopefully they'll be back and okay after the All-Star break. We had a very slow start. They started two and eight, but since then had been building towards towards something good. They were 15 and nine after that. Then, like I said, they lost two in a row, but I think mostly due to those COVID restrictions. So they are in a playoff spot, eighth in the East. I think they'll probably finish around sixth or so. I don't think that they deserve a top four spot with the way that they've been playing, but they're probably in the mix to fight between five and eight. How have the Raptors looked to you this year so far? 
Well, the start was just really tough. I mean, just nobody was playing the way we hoped uh, that they were going to come out of the gate. Pascal was was not playing, uh, probably still isn't, but uh, particularly at the start was not playing anywhere near like a second team All-NBA player. Uh, and uh, Fred has been pretty consistent all the way through. Uh, Norm actually got off to a really slow start. He's been uh, amazing since he really got on a, on a roll the last sort of 15 games or, or so. But starting two and eight is really tough. And then, you know, they've lost three of their last four going into the All-Star break as well. And I think that's largely due to being down uh, uh, three starters and uh, and almost the entire coaching staff. But I had hoped, I was kind of thinking that they'd be in the high 40s, you know, sort of a, a pace for uh, uh, maybe maybe as high as 50 if things went really well. It's on an, on an 80-game pace uh, uh, for this year. But... Uh, clearly now, uh, getting into uh, the playoffs is the is the goal. I think they're probably coming in sixth, maybe seventh. They could drop as low as uh, as eighth. I don't think they'll go farther than that. Um, depending, of course, what happens at the trade deadline. If they uh, decide to cash out, then maybe all bets are off. But I also don't think that they're likely to uh, to to climb above sixth. I mean, it was it's possible, and I I thought at the start of the year that they might even get as high as fourth but uh, the top three teams in the east are uh, are two levels above where the raptors are and there's a there's at least two other teams i think in uh, in the celtics and heat that are at a level above where the raptors are at the moment uh, also not that they couldn't give uh, anybody a handful in the playoffs and probably will but i just can't expect that uh, they they'd get past uh, certainly a first round uh, win would be pretty good at that very little chance that they would get a second round this year, I think. Yeah, uh, I agree with pretty much everything there. I think the the Raptors will be hard-pressed to finish in the top four. I don't expect them to win a playoff series this year. They've played some good ball, and at their best, they can beat anybody, but beating one of those big teams four out of seven, it, it's tough, because they're a below 500 team right now, and Honestly, they've they've looked like it for most of the year. They went on that stretch where they went 15 and nine, and if they can play that way for the rest of the year, maybe they can build some momentum and give some people a run for their money. Who knows? They might even trade Lowry, who has been one of the lone bright spots for the Raptors. I think at this point, Lowry and Norm are sort of the two pieces that you would think would be involved in most trade talks. They don't want to give away OG or Pascal, and they just locked up Freddie. And I don't think many other players on the roster have a lot of trade value at the moment. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Uh, I have a feeling, it's hard to tell, I have a feeling that uh, they may end up doing very little at the deadline. If ultimately the goal is or should be to win a championship, uh, then you probably need to see if you can find a, a new home for Lowry. I think whether or not he wants to go will make a big difference. I think there's also uh, the soul of the team and the relationship to the fans that uh, will make it hard to move him if he doesn't want to go somewhere else. Uh, he's also on a really big number. So there's a lot of money that has to come back and that really limits the places I think that he could go. So. Outside of Philadelphia, I think it might be it might be tough. And even that is uh, 
uh, is, is a bit of a stretch. It wouldn't surprise me that there'll be lots of talk and lots of hype, but um, both uh, Kyle and Norm end up staying put. I think I could I could agree with with that. I think Philadelphia is the most likely place for Lowry to go. Uh, the LA teams would both love a point guard of his caliber and of his playoff experience, but I don't think either of them have the assets or the money to move back. Dallas would be another place that would love a point guard who could run things when Luca's on the bench and someone who can spot up when Luca has the ball in his hands. Because Lowry is a knockdown shooter in addition to being a floor general. But, and, and this is coming out of left field, I know. One team that may surprise would be the Celtics this year. They have a, a high $20 million trade exception. So they could theoretically trade for Lowry and not have to match salary in the way a usual trade works. Now I'm not sure I'm not sure that they would do that. Their starting backcourt of Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker is all-star caliber. Marcus Smart coming off the bench. He doesn't he can play some shooting guard, mostly a three from what I've seen don't know what else they would do they're probably looking for a for a big man either a four or a five but i think lowry on any contending team will will help them no matter their roster yeah maybe something creative could happen with that exemption and a third team because uh, boston doesn't really need another backcourt player not the way they could you know, adding lowry will make them better there's no question about it his incremental value over what they've already got in the backcourt is not nearly as big as if uh, if they could add a, a power forward or a five even that uh, that could be a difference maker. So not that there's a lot of those guys available either, but uh, those guys, uh, if you could find somebody like that, it would it, it might be what uh, what Boston needs to get back into the conversation because. They're really not in the conversation uh, with with the, the top three teams. They're they're well behind the Bucks, in my opinion, and the Sixers, and uh, I think the Nets particularly uh, now uh, are there. I think they, they should be favorites overall. I think the Lakers probably still are, but I think the Nets uh, uh, should be should be right there as well. Yeah, I don't know how Lowry would get traded because it's it's like you said, other than Philly, I don't think anyone really has the assets or the need for Lowry and like you said the incremental value uh, diminishing returns of having a third all-star level guard so I think I think you're probably right about that they might not target him directly um, I've heard reports that they're going after Harrison Barnes we'll see and in terms of your comment earlier it'll be tough to trade Lowry if he doesn't want to leave and it seems he doesn't there were trade rumors and reports and Kyle on his Instagram went out of his way to quash them. So it seems like he wants to end the season a Raptor where he goes from there. Who knows? But it looks like they're the Raptors are going to try and finish the year with not making any moves or just making small moves and ride out the year and give their young core some more playoff experience. Yeah, I think if he goes to Masai and says, I'd really like to take a run with uh, the Sixers and uh, go play in my hometown. And I think that really changes the conversation. Then I think you start looking at some of their young players, maybe a draft pick, and uh, uh, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger on uh, any kind of a decent package coming back because the Raptors are clearly not winning uh, this year. 
and uh, I'm not sure if Lowry's coming back next year uh, as a free agent or not uh, at this stage. So. And I think that he's earned whatever he wants from this franchise. He has been the heart and soul of this team since he got here, basically, since he got the starting job. And him and DeRozan for a long time were synonymous with the Raptor name. Whatever else was going on with their roster, you could always count on Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan to get the Raptors into the playoffs. And then once DeRozan left, Kyle Lowry stepped up and he he was the leader of the team in the championship run. Kawhi was their best player. There's no doubt about it. But the leader of that team was Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he is the greatest Raptor, I think. Not just for what he does on the court, for what he does in the community and the effect that he has on the on the team leadership in the locker room everything he's uh, if he wants to stay i think he stays yes it, ultimately it is it is his call it, it seems like i know that the derozan trade shook a lot of toronto including some of the players at the time but i think it's a little bit different now after winning the championship i don't think lowry goes anywhere without his own blessing yeah, anything's possible, but I think likely he's going to stay put. I would agree with that. And the Raptors aren't going to contend this year. In all likelihood, they probably lose in the first round this year. That being said, there have been there have been some bright spots this year. I would look to to Fred a little bit. He's been a borderline All Star. He's been very good. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but recently, in the last few weeks, Norman Powell has been lights out. He is looking very very good like he if he plays this way all the time he could be a 20 plus point per game scorer yeah he's on a really nice roll uh, he had a slow start uh, but boy he's been really really good uh, since then um, you know, his, his shooting percentages uh, is going up he's uh, despite the slow start he's closing in on 20 points a game he's over 20 points a game i'm sure since uh, since the first six or eight games uh, of the of the year and his defense is, he works hard. He's not an intuitive defensive player the way some of the other uh, Raptors are. The bar's pretty high for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But uh, overall, he's a, he's a valuable player. He's, he's really gonna get paid, I think, in, uh, uh, in, in the off season. So whether or not he goes somewhere, that's a, that's a different uh, question as well. That would be, I'd be surprised if, if they moved, uh, if they moved Norm at, at this point. But if they decide that they're going to listen, there'll probably be uh, lots of people that are interested. I'd agree with that. He he would be good as a starting guard on most teams in the NBA. And I think on contenders, he's a key bench piece. The way he creates his own offense means that he can score anywhere in in any fashion. He gets to the rim. He's got a, a decent mid-range game. Uh, he's got a bit of a floater, doesn't use it a lot, but that's because he's so athletic, he can usually go up for the layup or the dunk. And he is a knockdown three-point shooter. So any team that needs offense, I think will will look to Norm. Although I think you're right that the Raptors will likely keep him. Uh, he's probably a key part of this core going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers he gets uh, in the offseason. I'm, I'm sure he's not going to pick up the uh, the, the option on his final year. He, he shouldn't. He's worth way more than he's been getting paid. So somebody will definitely pay him, whether it's the Raptors. Uh, uh, I don't know. I'd certainly like to uh, to see him uh, stick around. But 
uh, the number is going to go uh, is going to go way up. Yeah, I can I definitely agree with that. Norm, the way he's played, he deserves to get paid. It just depends on where it is. Uh, have you noticed any anyone else that deserves a shout out for their play this year so far from the Raptors? I've really been impressed with Chris Boucher. He's I've always liked him. I just like I like the way he's fearless. I like the just the way he plays. I like his energy, his personality. Uh, but now he's his minutes have moved up. And he's still uh, delivering at the same level. You know, the concern I think with uh, with him was uh, if he's coming off the bench and he's high energy and he's making an impact uh, at you know eight minutes a game or something like that. Is he going to be able to or ten or twelve? I'm not sure how much he was playing, but in, in that kind of range, if you if you get into the the twenty low twenties kind of minutes per game, uh, can he still can he still deliver? And he is. You know, he's uh, he's near the the. the lead in the in the league for uh, for block shots he's uh, shooting over forty uh, percent i think still from three is true shooting percentage i think is over 60 something like that like it's just it's unbelievable and he can rebound a little bit it's, uh, you know he can't he can't push around the big guys um but he's his his energy and his uh, his fight and his drive means that uh, if he gets, uh, if he's out of the way, it's because he's gotten banged or pushed out of the way, not because he hasn't gotten in there and fucked it up. So uh, I love this. I love his game. And uh, as weird as his uh, set shot looks from uh, from deep, boy, it's pretty. It is. It. I mean, it looks like a trebuchet going in. Uh, no pun intended. I guess. You know, well, sorry, pun always intended. But uh, he led the league for, I think. I think it was the first three weeks of January. Uh, I don't know if he finished the month in the lead, but he led the league in three-point percentage for most of the month of January. At it was, I think it was fifty percent or forty-nine, maybe just under. But at at least two weeks in, he was shooting fifty percent from three in the month of January, which was absolutely absurd. And though, like you said, he can't really handle the big fives there are very few dominant centers that can really take advantage of that and it's lucky that the game has lucky for him i should say that the game has shifted away from the traditional center he makes a fantastic small ball five uh, because against anyone that isn't say Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, uh, Gobert he provides excellent rim protection the way he was playing he was a real candidate and probably still is a real candidate for sixth man of the year. The only issue that I've seen with him is his play from 20 to 25 minutes. He, you said he has the production and I definitely agree with that. He can bring the energy and the production for, for a long stint in those starter minutes, but he has a problem with fouls because of the aggressive defense that he plays. Yeah, keeping him on the floor is, uh, is obviously pretty key. And uh, yeah, you know, he's he's just delivering in a lot of ways. That you know, kind of low to mid twenties minutes, he's still at six and a half boards a game. That's pretty good for uh, for a guy that everybody considers is small at the position. Yeah, his and his impact is huge. Uh, there was a there was a funny stat. I think it was around the Christmas time or something like that. But one of the NBA reporters tweeted out that Boucher was third in the league in PER at one point, only behind Giannis and LeBron. Now there, there's something to say when 
the three players on your list are Giannis, LeBron, and Boucher. That maybe Boucher doesn't quite belong quite at that tier, but his impact is tremendous. And that stat, although maybe it does overvalue him a little bit, he he deserves to be in that conversation of impact guys around the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's, uh, he's taken a big step uh, this year, and it's just fantastic to see it. Now, we've talked about the two bright spots, uh, one, one each that we've seen so far. Has anyone underwhelmed you? I've been a little disappointed with Matt Thomas. I kind of, I kind of like his game. I like the way he hustles and, uh, you know, he can just stop on a dime and, and shoot the lights out. Uh, he's he's a liability on the defensive side, or maybe liability is too harsh a word. Maybe it's not. He's uh, he's not he's not a a, a Raptors level defender uh, compared to a lot of people that uh, that are getting minutes. Uh, but he's he's not making his shots, and when he doesn't make his shots, he just drops out of the rotation. That uh, it's I, I'm just disappointed. I was I was really hoping. I like the guy. I like his uh, I like his game. Uh, I like that he that he's game. But boy, if he's not if he's not knocking down threes, it's trouble. I mean, he's it's not like he's cratered and he's you know he's like an Aaron Baines twenty five percent shooter from beyond the arc. But you know, high thirties needs to be low to mid forties for him with the with the level of defense he plays to to be on the floor. And uh, at least he's got to get to forty. And, uh, hopefully, he'll be able to make a make that uh, make that change. But you know, he's he's going to run out of opportunities. I, I completely agree. The I think his ceiling, at least what Raptors fans were hoping his ceiling was, is a type of player similar to say Duncan Robinson, JJ Redick, Joe Harris, where you know what he's going to do out there. He's just going to shoot threes. That's pretty much his entire game. But the way he gets open and the way he slips screens and his off-ball movement would allow him to get up, you know, four or five shots a game and that his defense would be at least at a playable level. But he is a tier below those guys. And if he's not shooting above 40%, I don't think you can play him. If he's on the court, uh, you either have to stick him on someone like another of his type of player like a Danny Green or a JJ Redick or a Joe Harris guys that aren't a threat to drive to the hoop themselves because his his one-on-one on-ball defense is below average on his best nights yeah yeah it's it's too bad i just uh, i was hoping that uh, that he was going to play a role more like the J.J. Redick kind of role was 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 where I kind of hoped, thought he was going, but boy, it's just, it just hasn't been there. It hasn't. And it's not to say that he won't get rotation minutes going forward. Uh, some people do forget he this is only his second year in the NBA. He was a rookie last year. So teams have been game planning for him a little more this year. And although his, his defense has has been less than good is the nicest way that I can put it. His defense wasn't great last year. He was just hitting his threes at a higher rate. I think he needs to he needs to work on getting open and if he doesn't shoot the ball, then there's no reason for him to be on the floor because the Raptors have quite a few guys that can hit uh, open three-pointers, but they've got, you know, 11 or 12 guys that play better defense. My underwhelming pick 
so far. You mentioned him briefly at the, at the start has been Aaron Baines. I was a big fan, still I am a fan of Aaron Baines. Uh, I really liked the signing. He was the best, the best center left on the market, but he has just been abysmal. And he, he has gotten better of late. It looks like he's settling in and his shooting has gotten better, although that's that's a low bar, to be fair. The amount of missed open threes and missed layups is jarring for an NBA-level player. Uh, that being said, he has gotten better at doing the little things that the Raptors need. He sets great screens, Mark Gasol-esque screens on the offensive end. Uh, he, he's taken some charges. He's a big body inside, which has been good to deter most guys from getting to the rim, at least of late. And I think part of his defensive issues at the start of the year were due to the Raptors system. You alluded to it earlier, but the Raptors have a very complex defensive system. The guys there are all very good defensively, high IQ defenders. Most guys don't have that knowledge immediately coming in to a team. And so that bumps up, especially when you consider the Raptors and their defensive core, how long they've played together under Dwayne Casey and then Nick Nurse, uh, where Baines is just plopped into the starting lineup with four players that he doesn't know without a real training camp. And then on top of that, the Raptors play one of the most complex defenses in the league because of the different looks and all the switching that they do. Looking back, it was kind of inevitable that he would have a rough start defensively early on, and he has picked that up. He's looked better and better as the season has gone on. Still doesn't quite look like himself. This is probably the worst year he's had in his career, at least in the last four or five years or so. So hopefully he picks it up in the second half, but he hasn't looked great so far. Uh, do you think Do you think he can pick it up? Do you have hope for him? Or do you think at this point he's sort of a lost cause? No, I still have hope. He is a guy that I've always liked. And the things that, that he does well, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the hard screens and he's just good old fashioned, hard, tough nosed defense. Uh, it's something that the Raptors over the years haven't had a lot of. It's a little bit of snarl in the paint is is actually very useful for, for the Raptors. And uh, he, he brings he brings some of that. Uh, I don't understand how he's gone from 35 to 24% shooting from uh, from beyond the arc. That's the thing that's 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 really that's really tough. Wild. Uh, but I think he's I think he's uh, he, he may be a little more comfortable now uh, coming off of the uh, the bench, and if he can settle into the system and understand it a little bit, he strikes me as the kind of guy that would be able to pick that up. And uh, maybe he just needs to focus on the defensive end of the court. And so, you know, if he gets a few of the the, uh, the chippies in the paint and starts to make those, uh, probably don't need him to shoot a lot of threes. But um, uh, it's it was just such a surprise to see him being a, a, you know challenged at both ends of the floor. So I think his defense will probably uh, will probably pick up. And uh, he's the kind of guy that's nice to have around in the playoffs too. So. Uh, regardless of who you're going up against, uh, particularly if it's uh, if it's one of the uh, either the the Sixers or the or the Bucks, you're going to need somebody with that kind of bulk to to get in and take some of those minutes uh, uh, against uh, Embiid and Giannis. He's going to need to play a part in the Raptors system if he 
one if he wants to get minutes and then he's going to have to be productive if they want to have a chance to win a playoff series uh, I'm I, I'm hopeful for him because like I said I think I've seen improvement in all facets of his game from the start of the year until the all-star break especially in the defensive end but in the last couple of weeks I think we've seen him pick up his offensive game a little bit uh, he's he's got a he, he's got a half decent turnaround he's made a couple nice hook shots here and there in the in the paint even some contested ones and his three-pointer is started to fall closer to 30 percent over the last month or so so I think he's I think he's finally starting to settle in and if he plays anywhere near his career averages He's good. He's a good player. It was unfortunate that he didn't have a good first half of the season, but if he can build on it and keep getting better and get to where he usually plays at, I think he'll find lots of minutes for the Raptors. So the Raptors didn't have an all-star this year. Speaking of all-stars, I didn't really didn't really care about the all-star game this, this year. Uh, I usually watch it, but because of COVID and then all the reports and the tweets from players saying that they didn't really care and didn't really want an all-star game this year combined with the lack of fans at the all-star game it was it just felt like it was going to be flat i i lost interest pretty quickly in the all-star game this year uh did did you did you watch it no i didn't watch the game uh, at all i was planning to uh to uh, record and watch. I did record and, uh, and watch uh, some of the the uh, skills competitions. Uh, the game, I had a feeling that I was ever, was, wasn't ever going to get there. Um, and turns out I didn't. Uh, I just, uh, it's, it's been a long time since uh, the no defense game. Uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. Uh, the skills competitions where people are actually trying, uh, I think, are kind of fun. Uh, don't uh, competition is it's getting a little a little tired i just don't know how many new things that you can uh, that you can do it's been going on for a long time it's still fun uh, i like the three-point uh, shooting uh, competition because it's a huge part of the game and uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, can really light it up and you know step winning again uh, is uh, is just feels right um, but i didn't i didn't end up actually watching any of it at all this year i'm with you it it, it didn't feel like this was the year to have an all-star game personally i will say one thing about your point about them not playing defense i i definitely agree i think it, it takes away from the seriousness of the game i guess that's sort of the point you get to see all these players do fun things on the court because people aren't playing any defense uh, for example Giannis had a nice step back three i did catch some of the highlights later on and uh steph alley-ooped for Chris Paul, Chris Paul alley-ooped for Steph. So that to see those short guys dunking in in a game was really cool. They they hung on the rim and they're you know they're showboating, having a good time. And it's nice to see the players a little more relaxed. You get to sort of identify with them a little bit more, and it I think it helps the game grow to see these NBA All Stars have a little fun. I, I do agree with the defense point, except that. That with the new with the new rule of the fourth quarter being a different type of game almost it's it becomes a a first to a certain score rather than a time limit 
I think that has really helped the All-Star game. Didn't do a lot this year, but last year's All-Star game was amazing. It became essentially a game of 21 with some of the best players in the world. And you had guys playing hard defense, doubling, trapping, and passing up good shots for great shots in an All-Star game. Kyle Lowry took a couple charges in the All-Star game. People really wanted to win. I think part of that was that the All-Star game was partially a memorial for Kobe last year, so that probably had some impact on the players. But I do think that making that adjustment and not having a time limit, but having a certain score that both teams had to get to, I think that that would help in most All-Star games with having it being competitive coming down towards the end. But this last year, it didn't. Nothing really appealed to me about the All-Star game, personally. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly tune in again uh, in, the, in the future. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, I just wasn't motivated to uh, to take it in this year. I think a lot of people are busy worrying about other things this year than the NBA All-Star game. I'll watch it next year, probably. We will see. The All-Star game just fell flat this year. That's that's all I'll say about about that. And while we're on the topic of the All-Star game, the Raptors didn't have an All-Star. Probably didn't deserve an All-Star. Did anyone have a case that you think they might have had an All-Star worthy uh, first half of the season? I didn't think so, um, Fred. I think it was the closest. Uh, his all-around game um, is just amazing. You know, he's uh, top 10, I think, in... Uh, uh, in deflections and uh, in assists, and he's uh, gotten to the 20-point mark. Uh, um, had amazing, uh, a couple of amazing games uh, uh, this year. So his overall package, he's an elite defender, I think, uh, has got him close. But I think he's going to have to either get uh, named to an all-NBA defensive team or get into the 25-point per game range before he's going to be uh, uh, an all-star. I love his game. I think of him like an all-star, but I look at the lineup and we say, who would I have taken out? And there just, there just isn't anybody. And, you know, Pascal's not playing at, uh, at that level this year. And uh, Kyle is, uh, is close and maybe he gets a coach's uh, nod, but probably not on a 17 and 19 team and probably not this year. I, I completely agree wow like father like son <laughs> um i i think if the raptors were a top four seed maybe even above 500 they might get one all-star i think they'd probably have to be at least fifth seed for them to get an all-star probably top four but as they are 17 and 19 they don't deserve one because they're not one of the top teams and they don't deserve one because none of the guys have really played at an all-star level in terms of what what it takes to be an all-star in the NBA. Uh, we have three guys that can give all-star level impact, I would say. Uh, you named them Siakam, Lowry, and, and Freddie. And I think Fred was probably the closest out of all those guys. Uh, I mean, night in, night out, I feel like he's an all-star. The amount of shot creation, defense, shot making is, I think, at an all-star level but he just didn't do enough to take away anyone else's spots. He'd probably have to be at 25 points a game with everything else being equal. And like you said, maybe an all-NBA 
defense team, and which I think is in his future if he keeps playing the way that he does. But he doesn't have the profile to beat out those other guys on similar numbers. And I don't think is. And if we're talking similar numbers to somebody like Jalen Brown, one, he doesn't have the profile, but two, I think his, I mean, his overall numbers were slightly worse in most box score categories. He's got Jalen Brown beat in a few key advanced stats. And like you said, the deflections and the defensive, his defensive ability and defensive impact, but he's at 20 points a game and Jalen Brown is at just under 25. Sort of a no brainer that Jalen would be an all-star this year. And there's nobody else that I look at and go, nope, he doesn't deserve to be an all-star. Fred, take his spot, especially with Harden coming over. It makes the guard spot one less deep for an East All-Star. I think, you know, maybe if Harden wasn't there, that Lowry or Freddie would have gotten a vote, a coach's vote, but it is what it is. I, uh, I'm hoping that we'll have an All-Star next year, but this year I think it's, I think it's right that we didn't have one because I look at those three guys and I don't see All-Star numbers. Yeah, I think Fred's defense will eventually get him there. Because I think he's going to make an all-defensive uh, uh, team uh, sometime in the next uh, couple of years, but uh, I just I just can't justify it this year. No, and and that's okay. Uh, I think that we got a couple of guys. You know, Pascal. He was named an All-Star last year. I think Fred is going to be named an All-Star eventually. It's okay. It doesn't have to be this year. This isn't the year for it, and that's okay. The Raptors didn't. The Raptors and them specifically, not specifically, but them also didn't play well enough for it and that's just the truth of the matter so in terms so we've talked about a lot of the raptors but a lot of familiar names in terms of the uh, the guys that we've talked about so far uh who of the new raptors players has most impressed you so far i've kind of liked watching you to play uh he's just got that defensive intelligence of the defensive iq that fits with the Raptors system. You know, he uh, he seems to know where to go. He seems to be able to pick up the schemes uh, quickly. Uh, I like the way he shoots. He's got you know high energy. He's on the floor after balls. There's just a lot of things that uh, that he does uh, that he does really well. That I've really enjoyed uh, watching him play. I think uh, the ankle has really slowed him down. That's that's kind of unfortunate. He was. Uh, he was looking really good, and now he's kind of uh, plateaued a little bit. Um, but I think that once he once he gets his full mobility get back, that uh, he'll start uh, playing a little bit more, and uh, uh, hopefully he'll continue uh, knocking down some uh, uh, some some shots. Because you know he's got he he can he can the kind of guy that can come in and make a difference uh, in a game at the defensive end and chip in a little bit on uh, uh, on offense. Um, so uh, yeah, I think he, I think he could be, he could be a, a key rotation piece uh, down the road. Certainly, for a guy who's on a two-way, boy, it's, uh, it's been gold so far this year. I agree. I love the way he plays. Uh, he definitely embodies the Raptors' culture of grit and hustle, uh, especially on the defensive end. But like you said, he's got a nice shot. He can knock down some some threes. He's a he's a fairly good spot-up shooter. A little hard pressed for him to create his own shot off the dribble, but I mean, not a lot of guys in the NBA can do that, so it's not not necessarily a huge knock on him. 
he reminds me of a really raw OG Ananobi in the sense that they've got the same skill set that OG started with. Just mostly a defensive guy, can knock down the open threes, but his real impact is on the defensive end. And yeah, like you said, if you've got him as your sort of eighth guy coming off the bench, he can make a difference and he can do it without having the ball in his hands. And you need guys like that. He's been he's been very good uh, until the injury, like you said. Then he'd been slowed down by it, but he he's definitely one to uh, watch out for. I wouldn't be surprised if they guaranteed his contract and we saw him on a on a full NBA contract next year, even if it is the minimum. Yeah, I hope so. I I think that he'd be a great addition. Definitely, the guy I've been most impressed with has been DeAndre Bembry. Uh, I wasn't super high on him coming in because it, he looked like he was just going to be sort of a Hollis Jefferson light almost but he's proven he's proven me wrong he's been a great guy off the bench for the Raptors he started a couple games for them too during this last stretch he can have the ball in his hands and drive to the rim he can make shots if the defense leaves him wide open so he at least has the threat of spacing, which I was impressed by, because it the knock on him coming into the year was that people were saying he was going to be a 30% or below three-point shooter, and he hasn't he hasn't looked that bad. But the main the main reason they brought him in was his leadership and his defensive savvy, and I think he's got both in spades. Uh, his impact on the defensive end is great. He locks down pretty much anyone that he guards. He he's probably up there with OG and Pascal in terms of the top uh, the top wing defenders on this team. I think you could make an argument that he's maybe the fourth best defender on the team behind Pascal, OG, and Fred. I just think that I mean Kyle, you can obviously make an argument for. Uh, but he's lost a bit of lateral quickness over the years, and Bembry still has that in spades, plus a high defensive IQ. So I've been very impressed with him so far. What have, what have you thought? Yeah, I have too. Uh, the thing that's uh, that's that's probably best about uh, Bembry so far is uh, his defense has been has been great. But he's he's uh, I think all of his shooting numbers are up, like compared to to career. So. Uh, that's been a really nice uh, surprise because you get the high energy and the aggressive defending and uh, the the one-on-one -one lockdown, but he's been able to contribute at the other end too uh, at, a, at a level that probably well, none of us really expected. So yeah, he's been a really pleasant surprise. Yeah, I certainly didn't expect him to be a threat on the offensive end. Uh, he's playing he's playing great defense and that's that's what we expected but i mean it's like you said the unexpected upside of him on the offensive end is a well it's a welcome surprise the knock on ronde last year was that the team was essentially playing 4v5 on the offensive end if ronde wasn't handling the ball himself but bembry can spot up on the wing or the corner and his shot has been accurate enough this year that you can't leave him. And 
he's even been in terms of spot up shooting he's been a he's been a plus for the Raptors this year so I I think that he's he's done exactly what he was signed to do and he's added a little bit more I'm liking him a lot and I'm hoping that uh, this play continues in the second half of the year yeah, I didn't know a lot about him uh, about him coming in, uh, but he's been a pleasant surprise uh, for sure. Definitely, definitely. The uh, not not a ton of happy Raptors moments this year. Just the nature of being a below five hundred team, eighth place in the East. A lot of your guys having uh, to sit out due to COVID regulations. But uh, there have been a couple of big highlights for the Raptors season so far. My personal favorite was Lowry hitting 10,000 points in a Raptors jersey. I just think that really cements him as the greatest Raptor of all time. He might not be the most skilled Raptor to ever put on a jersey. I think you could argue that Kawhi is probably the best to ever play as a Raptor. But I think it's undeniable that the first person to get a jersey retirement for the Raptors should be Kyle Lowry and I don't think there's any argument for anyone else yeah I agree he's an icon not just for the Raptors but in Toronto sports Uh, he's uh, the greatest Raptor of all time and one of the greatest Toronto athletes of all time no question and not only has he been great on the court but uh, you mentioned this uh, at the beginning of the podcast he's great off the court he he does tons of charity he donates tons of money and he also donates his own time he hosts a i believe it's a canadian uh thanksgiving program every year and he uh, out of his own pocket feeds hundreds of torontonian families every single thanksgiving that he's been a member of the raptors and it's people like that that you want to remember and you want to maybe idolize isn't quite the right word that you want to immortalize him hitting 10,000 points when you have such a clear milestone like that you get the championship and then the 10,000 it's a far cry from what was initially a bit of a bumpy start when he when he came here, um, there was some tension between him and the Raptors because he wasn't getting minutes over uh, Jose Calderon. But once he did, he settled in, and six all he made six All Star games in a row. Raptors Raptors made the playoffs eight years in a row, culminated in a championship, and I think that he's one of the biggest reasons for that. Yeah, it's no coincidence the greatest uh, history, the greatest stretch in the history of the Raptors coincides with him uh, being their engine. 100%. Uh, you can't say Toronto Raptor greatness and not have Lowry as the first name that comes to mind. And I think that's that is a hill I will die on. Anyone can anyone can argue with me, anyone can fight me over it. I think it is undeniable that Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time. And with that cemented, no one can ever argue it again. Uh, let's go on to your favorite moment of the season so far. What are you going to to highlight for us as your high point? 
Oh, Fred going off for 54 against Orlando. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Oh, that was just unbelievable. He just kept filling it up. It was just absolutely mesmerizing to watch. Uh, not only did he uh, set the, the Raptors all-time single-game scoring record, he also set the all-time NBA scoring record for an undrafted player. Just amazing. What a, what a night. That was quite a game. The thing was, for the first, I think, 30 or so points, it looked like he was just getting them within the flow of the offense. It didn't feel like he was taking the game over, but any shot he got, he hit. He started the game, if if my memory is correct, he started the game 11 for 11 from the three-point line. Yeah, he's just, just unbelievable. Absurd. Uh, 23 shots, 54 points on 23 shots. Just amazing. He threw in three blocks and three steals. <laughs> like just what unbelievable what a performance yeah when you when you think of 50 point games for the most part you really don't look at the rest of the box score but watching that game and looking at the box score afterwards he wasn't just scoring he was still playing elite defense while doing it and that's just a testament to him as a player yeah it'll take an awful lot to uh, fill lowry's shoes when finally he moves on uh, as the leader and the general of the Raptors, but uh, Fred's the guy. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough uh, to fill the Lowry-sized hole. Uh, tougher to fill the Lowry-sized shorts, but <laughs> that's uh, that's a whole other thing. We don't need to get into that. But if there's one person that you look at that can match Lowry's production and his leadership, I think the only person is Fred. Yeah, he's just got the character to pull it off. And so that's pretty high praise. He's, he's the entire package. It's uh, it's great that the Raptors keep finding not only great players, but great human beings as well. The culture that they've set is, is impressive. And hopefully that culture will carry them to another championship. But this will not be the year. That is unfortunate. Looking forward, we have reason to be optimistic. Yeah, I agree. It's not going to happen this year. and They still need the guy, one of those guys. It's been a long time since anybody's won without one of those guys. And for us, it was Kawhi. Uh, so having the, uh, the the guys we were talking about, the all-stars and whether or not we deserved any this year, well, we got three guys that are stars that, are, that were just not quite at that level this year. And for a long time, we've had a lot of guys like that. The Raptors will need another one of those guys. Don't know who he's going to be and to when we'll find him. Uh, but I think we're going to need another guy like that, uh, that that can do the things that Kawhi did, uh, that can do the things that uh, uh, that LeBron and Kobe and all of the Dwayne Wade, those guys can, uh, can do. And it's just really, really hard to win a championship without one of those guys. And, so we need to find him. It is. It's it's tough to win. And in sort of the dynamics of the league right now with sort of the two or three star, sorry, two or three superstar teams, it's, I would say it's nigh impossible to win without a superstar on your team right now. I mean, you saw the, the Heat get to the finals last year against the Lakers and I think Butler is a superstar he's lower on the tier of superstars but I think he still qualifies and 
they got throttled by the Lakers. The Raptors need one of those guys to be in the conversation. Now, that being said, going to your point, they've got three guys that are that are stars. No superstars, but they've got three guys that could make an all-star team any given year at the moment. See where, you know, where Lowry goes at the end of the year. But as a free agent, you would have to think that Toronto is looking like a good situation for you because you've won, you get to come in and have an amazing supporting cast and have a guy like Siakam to take the load off and he steps up and has massive games. You look at game one of the 2019 finals. Not only that, but you get to be the man. Kawhi came in and it was immediately clear who the number one guy was and everyone knew their roles. Chemistry was not an issue on the court. Not really an issue off the court either. It's a testament to the Raptors as well, I think. So you'd, you'd have to hope that one superstar someday soon, soon meaning the next few years, would look at the Raptors situation and, and think, I think I could do what Kawhi did and lead this team to another championship. Maybe that's a little bit of a homer take, but I'm sticking with it. Yeah, first thing we need to do is get Masai, Masai uh, signed up again because he'll be uh, the guy that pulls it off. Yes. If there's one guy you want in your organization, Masai is the first person you take every single time. And with that, I think that uh, that brings it to a wrap. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. It was a, an absolute pleasure having you. I've known you a long time. This is uh, fantastic. I'd uh, love to have you on again. And I mean, the two of us, we can talk Raptors anytime for as long as we have breath. So to have it on a platform like this is uh, just an added bonus. Yeah, I really loved being able to uh, be part of the What It Do and uh, have the chat. And uh, I'd love to do it again sometime in the future. Yeah, I'd love that too. Uh, trying to get some more guests on as well. Um, but uh, eh, you're, uh, you're a fan favorite. You're a host favorite. <laughs> so... I, I can say with complete certainty that uh, you will be invited back. Good to be a friend of the cast. <laughs> Not just a friend of the cast, but a family of the cast. You're, uh, you're one tier above. Well, thank you for listening to episode eight of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I have been your host, Drew Horton, joined by the one and only Ross Horton, signing off. Peace! Peace!